is up, Nerds Nation? Welcome to the FN Nerds Podcast with the most dynamic duo in all of podcasting. I'm Nick Denizio, and sitting across from me is my guy, Martin Moreno. What's up, bro? How we doing? Good, good. We are recapping The Mandalorian Chapter 14, The Tragedy. But before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, please check back each week as we try to upload new content for you guys to listen to. So Chapter 14, The Tragedy, finds the Mandalorian and Grogu traveling to the planet Tython in search of an ancient Jedi temple. So I guess we'll start with the cold opening. Ruin. Isn't it like an ancient Jedi ruin? I guess the ruins. The ruins of a former temple. Same shit. Yeah, it's the same difference. So the cold opening, we get this like super cute opening with Mando teasing Grogu by saying his name. He also gets Grogu to use the force again by taking that metal ball out of his hand. And then Mando also like again like kind of reiterates that he is going to deliver him to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And like I'm starting to get like this sense because like now this is two episodes in a row where you really get Mando like almost trying to convince himself that he's going to give up Grogu when the 100%. time comes. 100%. He was talking to himself. He yes. was, like When he was talking out loud. First of all, that, I thought that scene was a little weird. The um, the sort of dialogue in that scene and, mm-hmm. the, uh, and the body movement. Yeah. I felt like the sun double was a little off. Uh, but... Yeah, when he's saying, like, you know, you have to agree to go with them, you know, because yeah. everyone's like, I feel like he's talking to himself. He's talking, to like himself. He's talking yeah. out loud, pretty much saying, like, no, you have to give the kid up. You yes. have to let him go. You have to um, uh, part ways with him when the time comes. And in a way, it was kind of foreshadowing for mm-hmm. what happens. Oh, it's definitely, definitely foreshadowing. Because yeah, like, I also uh, feel like they build up this moment a little bit because they get, like, it's a nice another bonding moment between them. And obviously, the way the episode plays out, mm-hmm. it just makes it that much more of of a tragedy, I guess. When uh, yeah, you know, when it all. But what of, was the real tragedy? Uh, what was the real tragedy? We will definitely get into that. But uh, the other thing that I like too is that he just keeps teasing him by saying his name, and I think that's what that's what we would all do. We would be doing the exact same thing. Yeah, a little Grogu. Um, but yeah, it was a nice moment. It was very, uh, like we said, it was very cute, very charming, and just further establishing their connection. That yeah. These two do, have. do you really think this is a stunt double the entire time? I feel like Pedro Pascal is in the suit more this season. Uh well, bro, he walked off set, so he hasn't been on. You know, he's he not hasn't there. been on for a while. Exactly, yeah. he's not there at all. He was supposed to check that after episode yeah, yeah. three. Um, I do think that this stunt. I do think that this one was a stunt though, because I feel like some of the body language was very, um, like on the nose. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Okay. Especially like when they get when he's like looking around the rock, like um, everything just kind of felt very. A lot of it felt like exposition. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, we're here. How does it work? Hmm, maybe there's a control around. Let me go check. You right. Know? And then, like, the way he, his body was moving when he was talking to Grogu in, in the in the cockpit in the cold opening. So I do think that this was definitely a stun double because there were some moments that I felt like were a little off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I, I have a few moments throughout this whole episode that felt a little off to me, which I, I think we'll, yeah. we'll, def- we'll definitely get into. For sure. But all right. So, uh, so let's jump into Act 1 here. So... Mando and Grogu arrive on Tython and they basically get up to like the seeing stone. And what I love is that obviously they can't land directly next to it. So they have to basically like jetpack up there and you get fly with again. That was another moment too. It's like, Oh, it's too small. Looks like I have to land down. Looks like I have to land down. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, bro, who are you talking to? (laughs) Sorry, buddy. I can't land on the top too small. Looks like we're going to have to travel the last stretch with the windows down. (laughs) 
you know, they make it up to like this, this Jedi temple ruins and he places Grogu on the seeing stone. Um, but to Mando's dismay, nothing happens. Uh, they are then interrupted by the sound of a ship entering the atmosphere. And when Mando looks up, we see what all Star Wars fans know as the Slave One. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the ship lands, Mando looks back and notices that Grogu has activated the Seeing Stone and is now meditating with the Force and we assume is calling out to Jedi. Mando can't get Grogu as the Force uh, surrounding him is too strong. So Mando then just goes to confront uh, the person who is in the ship, which was revealed to be none other than Boba Fett. Uh, and then along with a very much alive Fennec way back from uh, from Chapter 5, um, they kind of press Mando to get him to give up the armor that he got from Cobb Vanth. Um, but before anything happens, they're basically interrupted by the Empire. Because mm-hmm. as we know, there's a tracking beacon on the Razorcrest. Mm-hmm. And the Empire, I guess, has located them. And but, you know, we get into the scuffle. But before all that happens, um, you know, I guess we'll kind of jump into the Jedi Temple part of it. Uh, yeah, and this is something I'm still not sure of, and by that I mean if this was shot in practical or in the volume, because I feel like a lot of the lighting and a lot of these wide shots were felt very natural. Yes. And for the people, something did we mention that Robert Rodriguez directed this episode? No, we haven't gotten into that yet. Yeah. Right. So Robert Rodriguez directed this episode. Uh, for the three or four people who are avid listeners, they know that we were uh, definitely looking forward to Robert Rodriguez's take on Star Wars. Yes. And for the people who don't know, Robert Rodriguez is a very practical director, mm-hmm. aside from Alita. Right. Actually, right. Um, aside from Alita and all the Spy Kids stuff. Like, <laughs> the, the, I mean, yes, he does have a big history with CG, but yes, the guy like, so, also... And like a lot of like his, just his kids' movies in general, like Shark yeah. Boy and Lava Girl and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of his earlier films, like the, the Mariachi movies, um, he, the dude loves uh, practical effects, and he does it very well mm-hmm. and uh i felt you made a great a great comment about this when we were discussing it uh, a while back of how you said that he does a lot with very little mm-hmm. and i felt like from the very beginning like the, when we get this sort of like flyover shot of um of uh what kind of look like stonehenge just the it, it looked real yeah it, there was stuff there was something different about it and the and once they land and once they're walking around um you definitely get this kind of sense of like natural lighting yes so I'm not sure if it was shot on location or not. If it was shot on location, obviously great. We love that. And like we said, we wouldn't be surprised if it was because of Robert Rodriguez. But if this was shot in the volume, then holy shit. I, I would uh, Because agree, then yeah. you're pushing even more boundaries now. Yep. So uh, we don't really know. We want to assume that it was shot on location, especially when you get those like wide shots of like Fennec running across the boulder and exactly, stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. So, but we're still not 100% sure. But... That was the first kind of first thing that came up to me because we're so techy, uh, just like the lighting and, and how how the fucking fruit fly is back, <laughs> and how um and how how great everything looked, and then yeah, seeing little little Grogu out there doing the uh, I thought it was gonna get memed. The, I did too. Well, it still might. Where he's, yeah, he's got his but I didn't really together, I yeah. didn't really see much. I did see one person say like uh you know like when you lay the thirst trap and you're waiting for your crush to like it and you're just there. <laughs> so um but yeah that was a good moment and then obviously when um. When the slave one comes into frame, yeah, man. I mean, we were watching it. Yeah, it's... I was like, "Oh, is it the slave?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then all along we hold Boba comes off, and uh, and then here's where we get into more of the um, the things that were off, like the this dialogue between this whole exchange between Fennec, yeah, it's, Mando, it's... And Boba. I was just like. I was like, what? Like, it's, what's going it's, on? it's definitely weird because like like he like they come off and he basically like is just pressing him for the armor. And he's like, I want it. And obviously, you know, Fennec is up on this on this ridge with her gun pointed at the child. Basically, like, if you don't give me what I want, we're gonna kill the child. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like as soon as he takes out what's what's the little the with the whistling uh the whistling birds. The whistling birds. 
Then all of a sudden, Boba's like, wait, let's let's put our guns down and let's talk. I don't want no more bloodshed. I don't want no more bloodshed. Let's talk. So, yeah, it was definitely weird, like, how it went from, like, zero to 100, and then it went to, like, let's be diplomatic and talk and about And then 100 this. to zero. And then 100 to zero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, a... it's like we're, what's what's going on here? Not a PM. Oh, not yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, from, yeah, and that's, like, something that we'll get into once we can, kind of get into a third act, I guess, yeah, yeah, of how yeah. everything sort of plays out. Right. Because the second act is, like, one massive action it's, sequence. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking incredible. Yes. But another thing was the pacing of the episode, which I don't think really helped. The episode is um, very fast. Because it's, it's it a short episode. Very fast, right. And this is something that um, that I kind of was talking about in episode, when we were discussing episode two, was that if we look back in hindsight of, you know, these sort of condensed, quick episodes, we obviously don't know what would have, what's going to happen in episode seven. But like, if I watch episode seven and I feel like this could have been con- this ep- episode seven and episode six could have been condensed into one, mm-hmm. then you know that's something that that we'll get to at the end of the season right. of like maybe um, these shorter episodes. Like, I still think that episode two and episode three could have been one. Right, could have been one really good one hour show. And you and I recently just jumped on the Queen's Gambit train. Yes, and seeing how well done that show is yes. in this one hour time frame. Right, because I think Mando also has like really well, really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I think this really good storytelling could could work in like six one hour episodes rather than eight. Um, like random. Right. Like sometimes it's fifty minutes. Sometimes it's forty. Sometimes it's thirty. And right. It's like... uh, but when talking to our good buddy Josh, uh, he made a great point of how like uh, Star Wars is for kids. Right. So. I'm imagining that a lot of kids are watching The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and um, obviously it's easier for a kid to sit through a 30-minute episode than right. it is to 40-plus um, whatever minutes. Mm-hmm. And at its core, for all you nerds out there, <laughs> know that Lucas, George Lucas, um, the creator of Star Wars, he always said that Star Wars was meant for kids. Right. It was always meant for kids. So obviously Filoni being in charge, being a purist, he, I'm sure he's probably adapting some of that flavor into it too. Yes. So I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm I wouldn't be surprised if that has a um, a sort of play in the, the the sort of like time mandate of the show. Right. Well, I think that's something that you've always brought up is like you you keep asking like does this show have a time mandate? And like for me personally, I've never really had like that much of an issue with. Uh, like the length of each episode depending on like what they're trying to tell in that episode but I would say that for this one this is definitely one where I wish it was longer and I wish they spent more time like like on on these specific like dialogue scenes right because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like we're just going to get through this just to get to the action scene and then you know and then we'll we'll eventually come back to it but it's like you know, like it, like it does. Like, like there are moments in this that just feel awkward and weird, and and like, and, and like they're rushing through it. Yeah, and you it's know? almost like just, uh, and it's almost like bad setup. Like yes. the fact that Mando has to take off his jetpack. That that's just only for the fact that he can't fly back to save Baby Yoda. Exactly, Baby Grogu. I'm right, sorry. right, Baby Grogu. Yeah, yeah, and um, something about and in regards to episode five, that was a very kind of um, it was in its in its own right a very action heavy episode. But you had those moments that were very slow. They were very intimate. Right. And those moments work so well. So if you had the kind of like slower intimate moments when they first get up on the rock. Right. Or, you know, when we get, I don't, I don't want to say intimate when it comes between Boba and, and Mando, but if like that moment was just kind of like slowed down for a second. Exactly. And like maybe there was more, um, there was maybe. Uh, like a little more back and forth, a little more dialogue between right. them. Right. And not just come off so hostile. And yes. then only to like retreat back. Like it just felt a little strange. Um, I think Boba's up to some shit. I definitely do. 
But uh, but yeah, that's kind of like my little recap on right, Act right. One. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I also like that. I think we we knew that uh, Fennec was going to come back, obviously, with uh, what happened at the end of Chapter Five, and then revealing that you know Boba Fett was going to be part of the show. I think we assumed that it was Boba that did rescue her on Tatooine, and that's obviously confirmed here. She's got a little bit of uh, robotic insides now after a little getting fembot. a little fembot action. <laughs> You're a fembot! No shit, Sherlock. Machine gun jubblies? How did I miss those, baby? After getting uh, after getting a little fucked up in uh, in chapter five, so it's I like kind of weird. So is she part droid or she just got some working? I gears? think she just has some working stuff going on, you know. Because I mean, it doesn't look like she's got a stomach. It doesn't look like she has a stomach at all. Like she so, literally just takes the whole thing. I was like, whoa, yeah. all right. It's like. <laughs> X-rated. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, but I like that she that she is back because uh, I saw a lot of people um like disappointed that that she was a one and done mm-hmm. in chapter five. Obviously, I think people just assume that, but like it's cool to have her back. And then obviously, the way this whole thing kind of wraps up, so she's gonna be a little bit of a part of the squad. Uh, but I think we can now kind of get into uh, what happens into Act Two. So. Uh, when the stormtroopers like invade the ancient site, Mando takes off for for Grogu, while Fennec and Boba take on the stormtroopers. Uh, we get some intense action with Fennec and especially Boba Fett as he is knocking them around with like this like mallet like club it's weapon that looks like awesome. It looks like it'd be like in the arsenal of like the Tusken Raiders. Like that's kind of like the yeah, the definitely it definitely looks something out of right. especially like the handle and like the uh, shape of it. Yes, I'm sure he probably like stole it or got had, it from had them or to something. Have. Yeah, had to. Have. So he's he's messing around with that. Uh, Fennec then like you know in her kind of scuffle with the storm stormtrooper she gets somewhat like cornered uh mando shows up to kind of assist her but there's just way way too many stormtroopers that are surrounding them uh then we get a fully armored boba fett that kind of swoops in and like lays waste to all these stormtroopers and then even takes out like both of their like transport vehicles with one missile Mm -hmm. which is hilarious uh so i'm I'm definitely paraphrasing because like this act is like just full-on just action just a massive action so much goes on there's so many nice little like references to movies and some of robert rodriguez's stuff Mm -hmm. so so let's kind of like, I guess, jump into this here. So, well, uh, first of all, my boy Boba comes into frame looking thick. Yes. Damn, boy. Damn, boy, he's thick. Boy, that's a thick ass boy. Five C's. He, he does. And you know what? Uh, I need to say something about that because I saw some people and, you know, leave it to the fucking internet and Twitter to be fucking assholes saying that, oh, I don't like that Boba Fett's kind of fat and blah, blah, blah. Look. Martin, what season are we in right now? Bulking season. We're in bulking season. Well, Martin. for you, for me, it's like I'm. Uh, Nick obviously is like the the gym dude. I'm like bulking season for me is like all year round. So, you know, for Carb you, Newton. Carb Newton, baby, <laughs> hell yes. I like pizza. I like bagels. Hell but, yes. But it's bulking season, and my man Boba is a fucking tank in this episode. I loved it, and I love it, dude. Yeah, it's, it's like, so awesome. We were joking about how like uh, when Mr. Incredibles first goes back into action. <laughs> yes. Or like uh, we're like in Pacific Rim when uh, is um. Puts the suit well, on. He's like, oh, it's, it's a little tight. It's a little tight. You know, like, yeah, my guy's been out of business for a while. You know, like, l- let him be. But um, I absolutely loved it. I thought he looked great. I thought um, I loved the kind of um, kind of because the costume in its way it's kind of changed now because we we have this sort of like black gown underneath underneath the, the armor, right? Yeah. So it's like a cool look. It makes him look kind of more um. More like Michael Myers, the shape, yes, you yes. know, and just uh, the way he was just wrecking through everyone. Uh, that's the thing that um, because Boba, Boba was always just a cool looking character, right? But you never got any kind of personality. No, from you never him got. I mean, obviously there was comics, there was books that down the road uh, kind of came about. But in terms of like, li- in terms of just like 
um, like motion, like when we're talking about like uh, like Clone Wars or mm-hmm. like anything like animated or live action, we really didn't get anything from him. Right. Uh, he was just like this cool guy who looked cool. He could fly around, and he was like one of Vader's like uh, like. Uh, like henchmen, so right, to speak. Right. So he was. It was just like he was just such a cool, interesting character, and there was a lot of mystery behind him. But we finally actually got to see why, like when when Vader needs something, yes, and he wrangles up all these troops. We now we know why Boba was mm-hmm. like kind of like almost in a way like up front and center, right? And why he was like right there by his side in Clown City. He was he was the guy. He was almost yeah almost yes. the guy. And um, and you know when he's like no disintegration, and, like yeah, pointing yeah. at him. <laughs> There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. You are free to use any methods necessary, but I want them alive. No disintegrations. As you wish. <laughs> uh, we now know that Mandalorians um, have, the, like, because remember when, uh, Mando's, like, disintegrating the fucking Jawas? Yes. His, like, gun is, like, blo- Yes, that's so right, yeah. Maybe that was, like, a, that was, like a, a callback to that, like, how maybe these Mandalorians have these weapons that can literally just, like, disintegrate people. Right, right. So, uh, but, yeah, to see him finally in action, uh, just wrecking the Stormtroopers, I love how it was shot. There were moments that it was, like, sped up a little bit mm-hmm. to kind of make it look more brutal, like, right. look like the, the, the attack's more brutal. Right, because, because uh, t- you know, Tamora Morrison, he's a little bit older, so you don't know how well he can move, but in from what what we saw, like, before he's actually in the armor, he looks like he's fucking wrecking shot. Yeah. Like, and it looks like it's actually him. Like, it it's is not, him. That's it's what I'm saying. Like, it's definitely him, like, doing a lot of the work, but you can tell that it was, like, a little edited just to make it look yeah, a little move a little quicker, a little more yeah, fluid. But yeah, but yeah. I, I thought it was really well done but that was like my big thing just how like brutal they made yes. him just literally like breaking the stormtroopers like <laughs> yeah. grabbing one like choke slam choke slamming them then when he comes into frame with his with his um uh obviously the way he utilizes armor yeah because you know obviously that was different from like what Cobb was doing but right. the way he like he has like fucking like knee rockets <laughs> he's got like knee missiles yeah, yeah like knee <laughs> missiles and then he's like you know doing the quick everything yeah and then what you said about um like robert rodriguez's films when we see like Fennec do like the jump and turn, the jump turn shoot, we're like, oh, oh we're, it's like so it's desperado. It we're so like the, good. right there. We were like, okay, it's Robert Rodriguez. It's Robert Rodriguez. This, yep. That's like yep. the like mariachi shot yes. of jumping like and then shooting as you're falling behind yep. you. We also get where she kind of kicks the boulder over and starts tumbling. It looks like it feels like it's a callback to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, so it was like a nice little homages there. And uh, and if you watch the because um, I we I wanted to go back and find the moment in Desperado when she, when he does that. Yeah, when he shoots it, when he like shoots as he's falling back. But I watched but the opening fight scene. There were so many moments in that that were literally pulled from. There's a moment in the in the because I haven't seen the movie in a while. Yeah. Um. Even though I watched that movie like religiously growing up. Right. Right. Uh. Like to there's a moment where like in the for opening fight scene he put, he like literally bends over like kind of squats over puts a gun on the dude's stomach and yeah. like shoots it and sends him flying. That's amazing because that happens That's here. That's literally exactly yes, what happens yes. here. And then there's moments where he's like walking and he's like quickly shooting yep, like, with like a yep. no look shot. Yeah. So literally Robert Rodriguez, um, he literally pulled like shot for shot moments from like the mariachi films and yes. put it in here. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it was uh, it was just such like the whole action in general was so well done. 
and like we were talking about the practicality this uh chris told me how he felt like he had a bit had a bit of a like a b movie vibe yes. to it and i think that's because of his like practical his practical it's, it's like, of his style. approach right. so to speak and I, well i would also say too that, that you know you were asking whether or not this was shot like you know on location or not there it's it's very much that this could have been um on troublemaker studios it could have been on like that like like on oh, Rodriguez's set, which would have been amazing if they awesome. if they actually did that because like it that it, it been does because awesome. especially like like I know when like when the stormtroopers are running up the up the hill or when Fennec is running across like the like the rocks mm -hmm. you get like really nice like drone shots and it's like this there's no way this can be in the volume it just didn't feel like it if it, like you said if it is in the volume then fucking hats off to the volume because that's amazing yeah they're just literally continuing to like pu push the boundaries yeah, that's yeah. like unfortunate like uh, we always talk about practicality but whenever it comes to like pushing the boundaries in cinema I feel like everything has it's all like like, like what Cameron's doing, yeah, yeah. Like what it, I, unfortunately, it's all like VFX. Yes, before just yes. kind of like what it kind of has uh, reverted back down to. But um, but yeah, even in continuing watching Desperado, there were moments where like they're shooting and you see like the sparkles. Yes, which was literally like again in here too. Right, right. So like uh, I imagine he brought a lot of his um his approach. There's a part where Fennec is like behind this rock and you see like all the all like the um the blaster fire coming in you see like all the sparkles you see like the smoke yep like there was definitely a smoke machine back there right, and right, there were definitely yeah, yeah. like sparkles going off and they were just cging in the uh, yes. fucking blast fire yes. so i love how it was done um it did I, I agree um have a bit of that kind of um sort of like b-movie vibe but like i said i think that's credit to the director's approach and it also kind of harnesses back to the trilogy yeah like the og trilogy right right I think, like like, do, like doing things not as not as uh not as clean or as you know right. it's, it, there's like, always, like it's i know you don't like this word gritty but it, it has a little bit of that grit and a little bit of that um indie movie flair to it and like a little bit of that low budget flair to it right that's, exactly that, that's and really um, nice. i thought it was like a nice touchback and i i enjoyed all of it yeah i um which i i i definitely did too and i i kind of just want to reiterate the whole thing with uh with boba fett because i feel like for like if you're a boba fett fan this episode was basically the equivalent of Darth Vader in the hallway in Rogue One. Like, because this That's is like point. that that moment where you really get to see Boba on display. You've never seen him like this before. You've never seen him move like this before. Mm -hmm. And it's just like in all of his glory. And I think it just, it felt like a nice victory lap for Boba Fett fans to see him, you know, now fully realized in this show. Right. So it was really cool, you know, to see all that. Although, Nick, that was Vader in his prime. This is like, uh, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> this is this is him, Boba, way down the road. This retired Boba. Yeah. But, and, uh, but well, yeah. I would say we also haven't really talked about it. So uh, with, with Grogu being up on that seeing stone, obviously there's, there's a lot of like, and this is like where it was a little like funky for me because obviously like they have Mando take off his jetpack, right? Then when the Empire like, comes for down, literally no for, for no reason, then no when the reason. Empire comes down, you know, Boba and Fennec kind of run off to kind of face them head on as Mando takes up off the fucking hill. And it's like, bro, just grab the fucking jetpack and yeah. put it back on. Like, it makes no sense to me. Twice. <laughs> Twice, yeah. And then obviously, you know, Mando can't get to Grogu even though he keeps fucking trying like over and over again. It's like, bro, you're not going to get to him. Stop, tries stop three trying. Times. He tries right. three times. And right. it's like, dude, like this is getting repetitive now. You know what I mean? And it just felt like a, a weird way to kind of get rid of Mando so that Fennec and Boba can kind of do their thing. And right. It just, it just, that's, that's what I'm saying. It all like, felt like, like exposition. It's like, it's like the setup wasn't as solid as you want. It was a little sloppy. Right. And that's all, like we said, like it's a little kind of like exposition, like a little on the nose. And, it, and the fact that it's just so fucking fast, you yeah. don't have a moment to breathe and maybe kind of like um, – like have the again like we said had kind of have those like slow sort of intimate moments like where he's like what if like mando 
I'm, I'm just spitballing, but what yeah. if he kind of stops, looks around, figures out something like, oh, how can I make this work? Then try to break it and then right. fail and then maybe try one more time and be like, all right, fine, I can't fucking do this. Like, you know, but then obviously, again, the jetpack is like a, it's just like a, a is it MacGuffin? Uh, well, I, don't, not, I don't see it. Not a MacGuffin. No, no it's definitely not a like, MacGuffin. Um, I, I, I know what kind of term you're looking for, and, yeah. and I also can't think of it either, but it, it is almost kind of like your. Uh, like a plot device. It's like a plot bullshit. device that, that that makes things very easy for the character to you know do certain things to where you're just like, well, why does he just use the jetpack? Yeah. So it's like you need a reason for him not to have it, and I feel like they could have come up with something better to get rid of the jetpack than mm -hmm. than what they did. Or well, for like the storytelling, just or, or so, like the story so we can have like, like oh, how can we get mad about a situation? Oh, like we gotta make him run a fucking yes, mile. Which, <laughs> but no, but but which which is also to me like like where I think this episode could have benefited from being longer because like it feels like they really just rush through this episode to get to the next one. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it's like, all right, this is, this is obviously this is a Boba Fett episode to reintroduce him back into star Wars, but it's like, we're rushing through certain things that just make it feel sloppy in order for us to get to the next point. Right. And we're not saying like a, like we're not saying like an hour, but if you had like maybe like 10 more minutes that's, scattered, yeah, that's that's scattered it. throughout, right. Like an extra just, couple just to help it breathe. Right. A little right. More, yeah. here, next, like, we, look, bro, I'm sensitive. You know, you gotta, you gotta take your time with yeah, me. Yeah. You gotta whisper <laughs> sweet things into my ear. You can't, you can't rush it. Okay. I yeah. want to enjoy the moment. But uh, but yeah, I totally agree. That was like, cause I didn't see the time. Cause remember, remember I was like working. And you're like, I did, and I was like, I was like, bro, you wanna watch Mando? And I came, like, I was like, I was like, don't go back to work. Don't watch it. Don't go back to work. Ah, fuck, fuck it, work. Let's go watch. watch. Yeah, and like, I, and then I sat down, and then um, we'll get into the third act. But uh, but yeah, the second episode, I was like, what the fuck? Right, like, right. It was literally like twenty. Like the episode itself was like less than thirty minutes. Yes, it was like twenty-seven or something like that. But um, but yeah, I guess uh. Let's get into the third act. Because... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely get into the third act. All right, so after Boba kind of dispatches all the stormtroopers and then he knocks out both their cruisers, they're kind of like sitting there almost like ready to, you know, kind of have a bit of a victory. And then all of a sudden, this fucking laser beam of death comes out of the sky and blows up the Razor Crest, and it's the worst. And I think that's the tragedy. That's the tragedy, yeah. bro. It's the worst feeling. Like Bernie Mac said. It's a mystical bomb between man and machine. The guys in their cars, yeah. uh, especially it's it's almost like like a cowboy watching his horse get shot yes, down. Yes, yes, exactly. What it, what it was, yeah, and know? it was, and we were just like, dude, you just got it repaired. Yeah, and it's crazy because like vehicles, in a way, in Star Wars, especially when done right, become a character themselves. Yeah, you know, um, I can't even imagine watching the fucking Millennium Falcon get shot down. I know, like, oh, dude. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, the second my stomach just dropped, <laughs> like, oh, no. I was like, no, <laughs> the Razor Crest. Yeah, dude, it was awful. It was brutal, and um. And remember in like when in episode three when uh, when he goes to get the thing, this is what I'm talking about in regards to like intimate like slow moments. Like yeah. when Manda when he goes to grab the uh, in episode three of season one and the ball's gone. Yes. And then we kind of zoom on his face and we hold. Yeah. And we hold. Yep, and, yep, we hold yep. and we in that moment we understand everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. They do that a little bit here. They do. But then they quickly kill it by finally being like, oh, go get your ship. And then again, it's just like. Bro, he just like he just lost his ship. Relax, like, we need like, to marinate this a little me, bit here. Me, yeah, like, let yeah. me sink in. Like, let me enjoy this moment. Right. And, uh, and yeah, that's another kind of like unfortunate situation when from when it's being like um when it's being rushed. Right. But uh, but yeah, and then the Iron Man fucking stormtroopers. Well, come yeah. Down. So well, here's 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 where we get into it. So obviously, you know, once the ship blows up, then they kind of you know look up and I don't, I forget if it's Boba or if it's Mando that looks up to use like the the, the almost predator vision kind of thing and notices the ship in the sky. I think it's Mando. He looks up and you see the outline of a ship. And then obviously it's revealed that, that it is Moff Gideon's ship. So then he, uh, he deploys the, the dark troopers. So we finally get to see the dark troopers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess it's kind of revealed that they're not 
like because I think we assumed when, when we first saw them that they were going to be like force users in armor. Well, we and were it's wrong. actually like robotic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's robots. I thought it was um dark. I thought it was I thought it was clones that were like uh, force users with the dark side of the force. But uh, obviously, we didn't do our research. But yeah, they're not. They're actually droids. <laughs> yes. they're battle droids. Right, they're basically um, souped up battle like droids. Like advanced, yeah, right. battle droids. Uh, very Iron Man esque. Yes. Uh, again, having them kind of come down from the ship with the in this background, this lighting. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking so, awesome. Obviously, they they come down, and you know, it was one of those moments too, where and we and we basically knew what was going to happen because the the episode totally projects this happening when. You know, Mando's looking at Grogu still in the Force thing, and he's like, "He goes, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna keep protecting you." And then yeah. as soon as he like leaves, then Grogu finishes with like, like the whole course. Force thing. It's like, oh, of, course. Oh, of course. So not protected, they come down, they basically kidnap him, take him back up to the ship. Uh, the Slave One kind of follows in pursuit, and then notices that you know notices this, this Imperial cruiser, and then he, you know, um, Boba's on the ship and proclaims like, you know, they're back, the Empire's back, they've returned. So. Uh, Mando, Fennec, and Boba then go all the way back to Navarro, where Mando, you know, basically goes to Cara Dune and is like, I'm looking for... Uh, Imperial Dune. I mean, Marshall Dune. Marshall Dune, yes, yes. Uh, Marshall the Republic. Marshall the Republic, yeah. a little promotion. Uh, so he uh, he basically asks her to locate this prisoner, and it's uh, revealed to be Bill Burr's character all the way back from Chapter 6. Mm-hmm. And then he... Um, you kind of you kind of basically get that Mando's re, you know gonna recruit the troops. Yeah, he's you know? getting a he's Regina George in this bitch. Get yes. in, loser. We're going shopping. Right. <laughs> get in, loser. We're going shopping. But yeah, and then obviously, do you want to talk about what yeah, happens? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll talk about you know the the ending. So uh, we're on Gideon's ship, and then we find that <laughs> Krogu's playing ping pong with a couple of stormtroopers. Oh yeah, which is absolutely hysterical. But uh, you know, Moff Gideon's watching him, and he's got like this fucking shit eating grin on his face. And he's like, yeah, yes. uh, yeah, he's like, yes. It's like he's some like, Palpatine invader shit. Yes, like, yes, yes. <laughs> more power. Uh, so then he uh, he kind of taunts Grogu with the dark saber, which is pretty, which is pretty Dude. sick. It was so cool. And Giancarlo Stan, bro. Like, he's just yeah, he, he's he, just the fucking best. He fits in so well with like this role. you put in any evil role. Just the guy, like his his charisma and mm-hmm. his charm is just so good. Yep. And uh, and yeah, I thought I thought it was um, I, I love just seeing him kind of like when when he's like no 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 no. Have you ever seen one of these? From years past. You're not ready to play with such things. Like kind of yeah. like teasing him. Yeah. And then Grogu like heavy Grogu's breathing. Oh my god. Oh, that was god. that was the worst, dude. That when, you know, when, when he's me. when he's done like use like when he really uses the force, and obviously like you could really see how he is advancing with his force powers mm-hmm. because this is a li- he's, he's come a long I way mean, from he, he was already force choking because he forces he force chokes care doom like right. that. But I mean if you notice in season one when he uh when he lifts up the the mud horn, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's fucking spent after that. Yeah. You know, in this he's really he's trying force to to fuck around with these stormtroopers but you know obviously it's still too much for him so when he's when he's done he's just like this eh, yeah eh, like heavy like, like oh air breathing God. and yeah. it's just like it like kills me but to get back into it well, we already talked about the razor crest getting blown up but, oh, um, but I did I did want to talk about that though how you yeah. said how he does pick up he does find the ball right in the dirt and then he also picks up the spear which is the only thing that really survived and it's basically just setting up that he is going to use this spear again like I'm, I'm convinced that yeah. he's using the spear against and Moff I'm convinced Gideon. that he's going to remove his helmet 
I think so too. I think we're going to get some sort of like a some Game of Thrones thing with him, like seeing his face wielding the spear. Yep, yep. It's gonna be a nice little homage to uh, to Game of Thrones. I don't know if we're gonna see him jumping around and spinning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not really uh, in his character, but, right? Um, but I definitely think he's going to remove his helmet, or like maybe the helmet's gonna get um, it's gonna like get damaged where it like yes. alters his vision, so then he has to remove. He has it to remove it because yeah. he has to get little Grogu. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, we were t- we talked the stormtroopers come d- the dark troopers come down they take Grogu, uh, and this again this was a moment where I wanted uh, just me personally I wanted a bigger reaction from Mando mm-hmm. of seeing like uh, I can remember remember in uh, the Force Awakens when like Kylo's taking Rey and we get the shot like kind of like track shot of like Finn running yes he's like no no yeah. no. <laughs> I wanted just some a little bit more, just, mm-hmm. just a, something more from like man, just kind of seeing, um, just to kind of show yeah, he that he has like, more of an emotional attachment yeah, that he to just, Grogu because we yeah. know how we know their emotional attachment. I, I would have liked to see just have like a bigger reaction from him, uh, but instead we get this like no, call him off, and he's like okay, I'll do a loose follow, yeah. which is like weird, yeah. Like why? I don't know. It's just that again. That, that, was, that exchange too was also strange was so too because strange. he's like he's like I'm in pursuit. I have a lock. Uh, yeah, he's like uh, no, call him off. I don't yeah. want to hurt the child. Yeah. He's like okay, I'll do a loose follow. Like, yeah, it, it it was it was weird. And again, it's only so we can set it up for the yes. The back. Yes, the empire. Back. Yes, the empire. The empire's, yeah. the empire's back. And then, uh, like we already talked about, like you know him going through the, the the wreckage. Obviously, he finds the ball. You know that. That we're gonna get that moment where he gives him back the ball and it was just, it's gonna tear us it's apart. It, I know, I know. Yeah. And uh, and here's where I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, cause we talked about how he comes in hot and heavy. He's like, I'm gonna kill the kid if you don't give me the armor. And now he gets the armor, but now he's like, no, we're gonna protect the kid. Right. And I'm just like, what? Like, what's it, what's your deal, man? Yeah, <laughs> it it doesn't really make sense, and it doesn't really go with what we just saw. Like, mm-hmm. li- like well, literally like ten minutes ago because right. the fucking show is so short. And um and it's it's strange, but but I'm gonna let it play out because I think Boba's up to some shit. Right. I think Boba Loki kind of wants a child for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, but we do get that moment where um, where Boba says like, until the kid is in your in your like hands, we're not we're gonna help you out. And then we get a, a reaction from Fennec. Yeah. Like, That's that, I, I, so, I noticed that too. Like her face. Yeah. So she was like, is oh. like a little like. Yeah. So I think something's going on, and I hope so because look, obviously, like we'll, we'll see how everything plays out. Um, it could be done really well, but when you think about when we first saw Fennec, like like you like you told me before, that was like in episode five. So they were playing a long game. Yes. So I, I'm gonna do that now. I'm just gonna kind of like. Okay, it was weird. It was strange, but I'm gonna see how it plays out because I think Boba is definitely up to some shit. I yeah. think he's definitely scheming. I think he Loki wants a child for what I don't know. Well, that's that's my thing because it's obviously they make mention and they do reiterate. Like Fennec says that the bounty on the child has oh you know has, has I'm really, glad you brought that up. Yeah, has because really, I've been has, saying that right. like every single recap. Right, like, like, like where like where's what you know they make no mention of this bounty. So I'm glad that she actually says it that the bounty has gone up significantly and that you could buy ten Mandalorian armors with what you know what the the bounty's paying. So. So it's like, all right, so Boba has always been a selfish character. He's obviously in it for himself. He has no allegiance to anybody, and he even says that here. Mm-hmm. So, and he even lies about his dad's he backstory. Li- he lies about his backstory. Well, he doesn't lie, but he... He, 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 he changes it a little yeah, bit. He yeah, he kind of like a... What's the term? Loose truth? He, yeah, loose truth. Yes. That, that's the, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Loose truths. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, it's it's... 
yeah, it's it's definitely weird. Obviously, we do not get much, and and I you know I, I am saying that like you know what the show does is the show plays the long game. It doesn't give you a whole lot of information from episode to episode, and like things are revealed down the line. You don't get everything right away. So I'm gonna wait. Bill we got him in episode six. Episode now we're gonna six get him. now, so he has some sort of over. You know, he's got ten a bigger episodes part of the later, story. Right, right. Ten episodes later, he's coming back. So so I so I do like that, and and obviously the show like the you know, Favreau and Filoni, like they, they have these mapped out. So they know from beginning to end where it's going and how things fit in. Obviously there are moments where it well, is, where's Thrawn coming? <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> but there are moments where it does feel rushed and, and, you know, it could be attributed to that where it's like star Wars still is predominantly for kids. So it's like, there's certain things where it's like, we're not going to go so exposition heavy and explain things. We're just going to kind of give the basic outline plot points and just move from A to B to C. Which, so give, which would give more weight to that. Which would give more weight to that. You know, so kids are stupid. So, but yeah, and that, that's also why too, because like, <laughs> <laughs> kids are stupid. Yeah. yeah, he's a kid. Kids are stupid. But like, uh, you know, but it, but it's it's in those moments though where I think I think it, it hurts the show because you know you need those moments to have a greater emotional impact. Like you know when. Like that moment when Boba says, like, they're back of the Empire. Like, I wanted that to hit harder. But we just got slapped with it. We, and we just got slapped with it. And it's like, and it that, like that should be like, a, oh, my God. But yeah. it's it's not. It's just, we just fly through it. And, and, like, that and was, we already know that the Empire's back, like, right. in a way. You right, know? But, but they don't. But, right, but hearing Boba say it, you know, yeah. it's cool. And then, he, like, having... And then, yeah, again, in the way the Fennec reacts, like, but, you know, what are we talking about? Like, we're under the New Republic. It's like, it's not a spy stream. I'm seeing it with my own two eyes. Right, it's right. Like, it's like, ah! But uh, but yeah, those were kind of like some issues that that um that I had with it. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that back up because um obviously like we said that the bounties going up, we kept talking over and over again. At least me personally, just kind of kept talking about how like no one really cares about the child. Yes. Everyone every single time fucking Mando got attacked. Um, it, it was he, always for his armor. Yeah, it was always for the best yeah. part. So uh so now we kind of do know that that there is words out there. There is some whispers and rumbling right, of, of right. like people looking for this kid and, and how much he's worth. Um obviously. The people that you know has come across just luckily didn't hear it, yeah. so uh, so they don't know. But um, but yeah, it doesn't really make sense if 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 Boba's after the bounty, it doesn't make sense to the kill to take the kid and only to give it back for the right bounty. because like that's that, like, like the yeah, bounty's from the Empire, right? So, it's so like, then why are you why taking are, it? Yeah, so like you know, it's it's unless very you're gonna sell it to like a market, and be like you know here, oh you know what he's worth, but even that in itself is is a little strange, right, right? Which which is why like I'm like like that that's why like I'm doubling down on it. Like I'm I'm you know we can speculate like what's actually happening, what's going on, but I'm just gonna wait and see. I'm just gonna wait yeah. and see and see how it plays out. We have two more episodes left. Uh, they're you know ramping up to be really crazy episodes obviously uh we do know that um rick fama is going to direct the next one and then favreau's handling the finale well we're assuming because bill Burr... no, it's 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 confirmed though uh, why do you spoil it for me bro i don't know that but you but you should you should know you should know i don't know it, I'm, it, it's, I'm... this this should not hinder hinder your experience at all knowing knowing who directed yeah what. but i like the surprise like like i like thinking who who's directing who's directing and right. then getting the uh, i mean, getting the surprise. I, mean I, I think you would know and and like i am excited for the next one too because fami Yua did you know some of my favorite episodes from season one you know i love uh, the second episode that he did love the second with episode. the mud horn with the mud horn and then uh i love the whole you know uh the, the heist jailbreak kind of right. thing with, with chapter six which it looks like we're doing kind of a very similar thing here because i'm assuming they're going to break mayfield out and um and that in its own way was kind of like a filler episode but yes. we're seeing the payoff right you know so so that's good to see uh something else, one more thing i was going to talk about in regards to why boba probably wants a kid um obviously boba hates jedis yes and uh 
there is a chance that maybe he's going to use it to lure some Jedi's out and just right. take him out. Bro, can you so, imagine if like Mace Windu shows up? Surprise, motherfucker! I'm, I'm still, I'm still convinced that Mace is alive. I know. I'm still convinced that Mace Windu is 100% alive. Um, but yeah, something else too that makes me wonder, like, why didn't he take it back from Cobb Vanth? Because he's a badass. Like, I, I, I definitely think like Boba could have gone toe to toe, especially with Fennec backing him up. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that obviously. Yeah, it, you it, think it, those it, town, it's, those townspeople are not going to put up a fight? No, they're not going to put up a fight. And, it, and like my, my my first thought was like, well, Tatooine's obviously a, a fucking planet, so he Boba's not going to exactly know where it is. He just knows that's there because the Jawas had it. But then he says to him, like, you know, you get you got it from Cobb Vance. So, yeah, so obviously he knew. he knew who had it. So I'm like, what's what's yeah, it's the like, deal it's like here? The, uh, it's like the Batman meme when he's like looking behind the tree. Yeah. It's like when they were killing the Kray Dragon, when he's just like looking, he's just like looking. Yeah, he's just like peeking the whole time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's again another thing that. We're just gonna have to wait and see how how it all plays out, but um, but yeah, definitely Mando is a. Obviously, he's gonna need a new ship. Yeah, he's gonna need a new ship. A new ship, so yes. that's gonna be fun to see like what ship he gets. I don't right. think he's gonna stay with the slave. I think that is um that is like, in its in its legend that does belong to Mandalorian. I mm -hmm. wouldn't hate it if it does kind of trickle down to that. Right. And he ends up like um. And he ends up take, kind of taking it over yeah, for whatever, however it plays right. out. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see whatever his new ship's gonna be because like we said. Uh, the Razor Crest has become, in a way, a character. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very strong, uh, like it's 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 part of Mando. Right. It's definitely. Like part I almost of Mando. hope he gets in the Razor Crest. You know what I mean? Me like, too. And it's so cool. I know. It's fucking awesome. This is like a this is like a uh, like an old school, like a pre Empire. So this is almost like you're you're you know driving around like a like a Shelby Mustang, like yes, a '69 yes, yes, Shelby it's Mustang. It's an absolute classic. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, and now you fucking lost. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. But uh, I'm excited to see that, and um, and yeah, just gathering up the troops so we can go take on uh, Moff Gideon. I wonder who else he's gonna. I'm hoping Bo Katan comes back. I'm with you. I don't think we're gonna get Ahsoka again. Yeah, I, well, I think I was telling you like like I'm like I think I think we're getting Cobb Vanth again. I think Cobb oh, yeah. Vanth is gonna I come Cobb... back. I think I'm fifty fifty on Bo Katan coming back. You know, obviously she's after the dark saber, so you would think that she's gonna come back, but I'm not banking on it because I'm not. I don't want to set myself up for disappointment if she doesn't show back up. You know right. what I mean? Uh, and if for, she is after the dark saber, then you almost think that she's the one that has to go toe to toe with Gideon. Right? Gideon is G-man. <laughs> That's Gideon. Gideon is G-man. I would say Ahsoka. I don't think we're gonna. Yeah, I think like, we're like going she's to she's on she's on her own path. She's doing her own thing, and they're most likely gonna get her own miniseries. And I think Boba Fett's gonna get his own miniseries too. Um, yeah, I mean I'm down. Yeah. Uh, in regards to like if it takes place before or, or afterwards, um, mm -hmm. then yeah, either way, it was cool to see him. But yes, um, we've been saying it. We've been speculating how we feel like these last couple episodes are just going to be crazy. Yeah. Uh, we in a way got that here, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's gonna shit's about to go down. We're, yeah. we're we're setting ourselves up for like a big, uh, big action climax. Yeah, I think we're getting a nice one-two punch with these last two episodes. And the other thing I'm excited about is, is that the next is that you know Famuyu's episode is also going to be written by him. Mm -hmm. So I like that he's you know same thing with Dave Filoni how he got the chance to write his own episode. I like that Rick is writing this one too, because not that I've had a problem with Favreau's writing, but I like that there's other voices in there kind of influencing their own stories. Right. You know what like I mean? when, um... and, and I almost wish that's that some of these directors also had that opportunity to kind of you know kind of hone in the story because like because like and and like we don't know like what's going on, but it does feel weird you know, the different times of the episode, you know, cause like most series, like the episodes are all the same length. Yeah. So and this, this is, this, all, so the, the roller coaster there's like of, a 15 minute, like range of like where these fucking episodes. Right. Fall and it's and just it's weird. Wild. It's yeah. just, it's, it's very strange that they, that they do that. And, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it hurts it. So it's, 
and no, like, like, and no next week on Mandalorian. No, no next like, week on Mandalorian. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. like they don't care. They're like they, know, got, they, they got they got money. I know. Yeah, exactly. Fucking suckers. we're gonna we're gonna watch no matter yeah, what. Yeah, these suckers are trapped. You know, like the the thirst trap. That was us, and we're all <laughs> yes. we're all just biting. Yes. But yeah, looking for a really exciting finish and honestly just cannot wait. All right, Nerds Nation, that does it for us. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube page. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else we can see that big, beautiful FN logo. Check back next Wednesday as we will review Chapter 15, mm-hmm. directed by Rick Famuyiwa, which we're really excited about. And uh, yeah, anything else you want to say to the nation, Martin? No. Uh, looking forward to this next episode. And yeah. Yeah. Uh. So we'll, it, we will just leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Just like, leave it at that. I feel like I had so much to say just now. I'm yeah. like, it's like, are we missing anything? Yeah, but I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, I don't know. But um, but yeah, it was um, overall they have they have a lot of issues with this episode. But yeah. uh, but I, it was a, it was still a fun one. Yeah, I would. And agree. something else that we were talking about, uh, Mano has kind of become like an event. It has. It, like, there's like like I'm I get it. Um, I'm getting up to the point where the last couple of episodes, or just like this season in general, like. I look like I look forward to waking up I on know, that Friday and then going to see Mando. Yep. Like um, it, it was I like I said this past week uh, for this past episode, I was just like I was so ready to watch him. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna. And the second you tease me, I was like, all right, all right, I'm we'll like, go watch. I guess don't well, twist my arm. And then this goes back to what you we were saying last week too about how you know Mando has brought Star Wars back. Yes, it really has brought Star Wars back, and people are yeah. excited for Star Wars again. Yeah, and myself included. So uh, we're looking who's gonna who's, what's gonna happen with a little baby girl. Oh. I know what I want to talk about. What do you want to talk about? The shackles. Oh, that's right. The, the little shackles. The little cute baby shackles that yeah. go on Grogu at the end. Like, <laughs> you know those were custom made for him. Like, yes. there's no fucking, yeah. no other, no, who else has those fucking small shackles? Mm-hmm. No one else does. But, um, but before that, we see him get stunned. Yeah. And we see the cool, like, um. The little ring. The right. Little I'm ring, trying yeah. like, I'm trying to remember if we got that in A New Hope. I think we might have. I'm not entirely sure. But it's mainly a Clone Wars thing, right? Uh, like we've seen yeah, Rebels, we've seen it right? in Clone Wars yeah. Rebels a ton of times. Yeah. But I'm trying to like dig into my brain. And I, I want to say, I think we might have seen it in New Hope. I'm not sure. But uh, to see it again, that was cool. Yeah. Just to kind of, again, seeing these little, little things translate over. And then obviously the Stormtroopers were really cool. And I love the color Stormtroopers, like the guards and everything. Yes, like we were talking about right, with, the, right. with the rank. So uh, yeah, a lot to love about this episode. And, um, and Grogu, Force Choking. Yeah. Which uh, we got a little bit of that in episode seven when he force chokes Cara Dune. Yes. Josh probably wished he would have killed her. Uh, but when he, <laughs> when he force chokes Cara Dune. And uh, so we at that moment were like, okay, this guy's he's, he's, he's teetering there. He's teetering there. Look, we're really dragging out the sending here. Yeah. But the one thing that I did want to say is that doing a little bit of research, uh, Grogu being on the seeing stone. Uh, you oh, that's what you cannot activate the seeing stone unless you are in command of the light side. Okay. So, so obviously we know Grogu is Fucking more on the light side than he is on the other. I know, right? That's, yeah. that's a little nerd research for you guys. Um, but the other thing was when Grogu is kind of playing ping pong with these storm, stormtroopers, the music is very interesting because apparently the music is very similar to uh, Kylo Ren's theme. Oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, that was a little shocking to see. But um, but. Yeah, interested to see how that plays out. Uh, the music, obviously, real quick. Boba Fett score. Oh, awesome! Awesome! So good! Awesome! Yes. It was such a fun score. And uh, and yeah, like I'm glad you brought the scene stone because 
Who heard the call? Who heard the call? He sent it that's, out. What if that's the big what question. if they go back to Tython after everything's said and done and someone is there waiting? Mm. Who is it? I don't know. That's but gonna, that that has to be the cliffhanger. I'm so that's gotta be the cliffhanger. But if it is a cliffhanger, it has to be someone significant. Okay. I, I agree. Either, it, it can't it can't be a it random. It can't be like Quinlan Voss. I know. It can't be, you know, like it has to be uh, it has to be either Ezra. Mace Windu or Luke. Those are the only three that are literally going to make people lose right. their mind. And that are still around. Well, I mean, I'm convinced Mace Windu is still around. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Like in, in, right. in the lore of Star Wars, like during right. this time, there's obviously very few Jedi and around. And what if we get the conversation like I was the one who trained him? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> So many questions. He goes full grandpa energy. Oh, hey, little one. I hey, remember I training remember, yeah. you. Training, yeah. <laughs> and then... Ah! <laughs> All right. Wrap right, it up. Wrap it wrap up. Wrap it up. up. Shut right, it down. Guys, again, shut it down. Shut it down. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us, and we will catch you on the next one. Right, now I feel good. I feel good now. Right. I feel good. <laughs> I was like, there's something I got to say. I, right. I know. I felt it there. I felt it there, but I'm good. <laughs> thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Later. Bye.